0: Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice, in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, welcome back. Thanks again for being with us this week, Bill.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's our, it's our regular. It's, it's our regular, you know, Yeah. back again,
0: yeah. You know, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, well here we are and the pandemic continues but we're going back to life as almost normal. And, you know, I've been seeing that people are going back to work, back to school. There's uh, celebrations and sports. And, you know, I think that it would be good to talk about what we need to continue to do to keep ourselves safe. We need to not forget that this pandemic is here, but we need to be able to live out our lives to some normal extent as well. What are your thoughts on that?
1: It's a really interesting uh, observation because I think what 's happening is as we observe others like on TV like going to events and being in, on the sidelines or in a dugout for a baseball game for sidelines for football we 're now observing others and what they 're doing to keep themselves safe in these controlled settings and it 's bringing up issues again around like masking and social distancing, um, and then of course raising the question in sports in particular when can we when can when can people start going back right and why are there differences because there 's been some national football league games have had state fans in the stadium, some not depending on the state so it's raised a lot the thing i've noticed it's raised a lot of questions about again is masking and then with different forms of masking so the FCC players and coaches wearing different sorts of face shields wonder why because of course the questions are about is a shield enough for instance mm-hmm. we've seen some coaches that just have a plastic shield over their face and then some of the baseball players are just wearing scarves or where they're called the gators, I guess, the things that you kind of pull Yank. up or bandanas. It's going to be important as we observe those things. I don't know who's in control of what gets acceptable on the sideline or not, the team position. But, you know, Mayo, we, we looked into all these because the questions came up from our patients. So, and we still ask our patients and providers to wear face masks and eye shields separately. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot because we know there studies came out that showed that the, an actual mask made of a material that could actually stop the droplets from spreading was important. And so the face shield wasn't enough. And that, and that likewise, some of the materials that people use to pull up over their face, especially if you get into like winter, like a mm-hmm. scarf or a pores material, like, you know, the felt type stuff that people wear. Yeah, or
0: like a hand-knit scarf with big holes in it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a scientific study done, I think by Duke, where they actually looked and they could show that some of those are actually worse because they actually what they do is create more droplets as you breathe through that. Jeez. So, you know, or at least not effective. So as we watch those things, we have to still be mindful of following what the guidelines are from our state departments of health, whether it's in Minnesota or other states, other people that might be listening, just because those guidelines, even though you see people doing different things on TV, the guidelines that are out there are really based on what we know keeps people most safe.
0: Yeah, well, you know, those are really good points. And I think a few things here. First of all, for the folks that are visible, like us in leadership roles, the people that are on television, athletes, they're on television, people are watching what they do. We all have a responsibility to set that example, because people are going to look at us and say, oh, well, they were only wearing a face shield, so that must be okay. So I think we really need to think about that when we go out into public and realize that people are looking at us and probably modeling their behavior after what they see us doing
1: uh, or judging
0: us and telling us we're not doing it, right? (laughs) Which
1: is a little scary. I mean, uh, you know, I got to be careful how I drive and stuff too, I guess, because that could be a little crazy. But no, uh, seriously. So, I mean, the other piece of it is for us, the, the question that naturally comes to mind then is I think sports and those things are important because they represent a basic human need for community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of what we're feeling now. This has gone on is people are really yearning for that, whether it's public gatherings, a sporting event, church that has come up. I think it's really important for people to understand that for these things to become, to allow people to get together again. Again, it really is predicated on what we talked about last time. The surveillance becomes really important because if there's lots and lots of virus and it's really on the rise in the community, it's just not socially responsible for people to congregate. When they do, like for a stadium in particular, these professional venues and college venues, there are people that are thinking and modeling about what that looks like and how are you gonna keep people safe? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know What kind of distance is, out, is safe and how many people can be there? It's always a question that people are asking me now. And in going back to our work with Delta, there's a real science behind this. And you, there are actual studies out there that show when people have been close together how, for periods of time, and one is known to be COVID positive. How many people are catching COVID? And so, a lot of what we'll see, uh, and like for Delta, we help them. We have great people Dr. Binnaker, Dr. Sampath Kumar, Dr. Tandy, Dr. Wittich, a bunch of doctors are looking at data and they're actually understanding from that data how you can get people safe in an area. But that includes assumptions around that. Are they wearing a mask and are they distanced? And so I think if we're going to be safe and out in public, those things around safety are predicated on the the, the assumptions that people and a lot of people get back together to make. So we have to be willing when we go back to still try and stay safe and still comply. If we go to a venue and someone says you can't sit together, you need to wear a mask, you can't be in this area, questions that come up at church, why is this pew closed? And I think it's because there's actual information that the people have opened those to be responsible, put in to say, how can we keep people safe? And so those rules are in place not to be disruptive, but really to help make sure that the assumptions that they made are actually all true.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, though, that this is all based on science and science evolves. I think that's sometimes frustrating for people who aren't scientists to understand. But I think knowing that People, like you said, uh, our modelers, our physicians here at Mayo Clinic that are doing the modeling studies are using the best data that they have available to them. And the data does seem to have these good outcomes of these evidence-driven guidelines that do appear to be keeping people safe. So even though the guidelines may change and shift slightly, and we've seen that during the pandemic, they're the best we have for keeping folks safe. And I think that it's really incumbent upon us to follow them and to really model that behavior.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that, you know, when we've just learned from our own experience that at Mayo, that once we went to having the patients and the providers masked and wearing eye shields, that our our documented cases of high risk exposure went way down. And that's going to be true for all of us as we go back. We just have to continue to strike the right balance because Mm -hmm. although we've been kind of slogging through this for what seems like a long time for everybody, the reality is that we still don't have a cure. There's still concerns for people when they catch COVID that they can get seriously ill so we just have to make sure that as we go back to life as normal we can't just flip a switch and go back to the way things were we just have to be mindful Um, and those of us that are leaders should continue to try people like yourself and me try and help explain so people can make sense of why we're making the choices and ask people to do things that we are and then when things change how why so I think that's the best we can do at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. We're in it for the long haul. And every time we turn on the news, there seems to be some exciting new breakthrough antigen testing, you know, but none of that's going to be a be-all end-all. These are all, as I've said before, they're tools in our COVID toolbox, but testing won't get rid of the need for masking and social distancing. These are all tools that are used together. And I think we just need to remember that even when we hear about that shiny new test that promises to be widely available, that we still need to use the basics.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, honestly, even when it gets to vaccines, and I mean, when vaccines, as they become available, we'll have to understand how much of it will be available, how willing will people be be vaccinated, how effective will it be? I mean, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to sort of to use the old uh, adage, wrestle this bear to the ground. It's not gonna be sort of an overnight. We're gonna just have to go go piece by piece. And the thing is, is we have to do it all together because we're we got to be all about trying to balance being safe and living life.
0: Well, great messages, Bill. As always, we need to stay safe. We're in this for the long haul. Um, and we're working towards continuing to keep everyone safe in the community. And I guess just that message that For the folks like us that are in those leadership roles, we need to really model good behavior and for scientists, help break down the science into ways that folks can understand and explain that to our friends and our colleagues.
1: Yep, and I know you're exactly right. And I think the other thing is um, hopefully we'll get to talk about next time is people like yourself that are thinking about innovations That Mm -hmm. will continue to bring more convenience to the things that we have to do so they can fit more into the rhythm of our daily life so we can go back to being in society and having ourselves kind of back to a a stable state where we can be out there in the world.
0: I agree. We'll have some fun discussions next time about some innovations.
1: Sounds good. As the leaves turn here, we'll continue to find new topics.
0: Sounds great. All
1: right. Thanks, Bobby.
0: Yeah, thanks, Belle.